Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there once we get our connection situation all fixed up here from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And a big one for Penn State men's basketball last night. I know we got some football issues to get through here. But Penn State men's basketball with a huge win, a stunning win over number 15 Virginia Tech last night by 20, 75-55. Isaiah Brockington with his career-high 24 points. Penn State just shot the daylights out of everybody last night, including Brockington himself. 52% from beyond the arc. They had that 17-0 run early in the first half and just kind of took over from there. But believe it or not... It's actually the second win out of the last three times that these two teams have met for Penn State. And another milestone for the Penn State athletic program. Win number 1,500 for the Nittany Lions men's basketball program. And that's a big win for them, considering how they faltered down the stretch, up eight with only a couple minutes to go against Seton Hall at home. That was a bad loss. For them to come back like that certainly is definitely noteworthy considering the situation they're in with the interim head coach and Jim Ferry, who obviously had high praise for the way they bounced back last night. So that was a nice win for Penn State last night down in uh, Virginia Tech. And, of course, Steve will have a little bit on that coming up. But football-wise, we obviously got to get into what the Big Ten has officially put out, which is they are going to change the eligibility rule as we all figured they would the six game rule to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game they're now going to change that as we all kind of figured out Ohio State right now is one game short of that because of the cancellation with Michigan this weekend ESPN's Heather Dinich and Adam Rittenberg reporting that a little while ago. And as I mentioned, this likely paves the way for Ohio State and Northwestern to most likely play each other in uh, this title game. And as I as I mentioned to Steve earlier this week, I, I I get 
that th- this has been a fluid year with things constantly changing with the virus. But as we've said, as even Steve has said before, the Big Ten hasn't had a lot of common sense in dealing with the situation from trying to play and then not giving themselves a bye week in case they had cancellations, which, of course, we had a ton of them this season. And they didn't really give themselves an out, as Steve said. And as I've said, if the Big Ten did give themselves an out by saying, hey, you know what, let's make it six, but you know what, if we have to change during the course of the year, we'll change during the course of the year. They didn't do that. It's just so many bad decisions that have been made by the Big Ten have just come back to bite them. First, there's no buy thing, which was just ludicrous from the get-go and just kind of irresponsible, in my opinion, has now put them in this situation where they're now going to face more backlash because you're now allowing a team that is sure they're undefeated and they're worthy of it from the way they played so far. But you know what? They didn't meet that criteria you set, and all of a sudden you're going to backtrack and put them in. And because of that, I still have a problem with that. And really with all with the way this college football playoff has been talked about, I know it's a little bit different criteria because people, the college football playoff committee wants to see some of the big-name teams get in. I've always had a problem with the way teams are chosen. I've always been the, been the belief of if you win your conference, you go undefeated, one loss, whatever, you should have a chance to get into the college football playoff, which is why four teams is not enough. I'm with Steve. I would like to see it expanded to eight because then you can get theoretically each power five conference champion in and then three other teams but this doesn't allow for that with four teams Alabama clearly is in there obviously Clemson and Notre Dame are probably going to be in regardless of who wins the ACC championship and rematch between the two and then Ohio State's going to get in there but then Let's say somebody upsets Alabama. That just further complicates things. Are are not Texas A&M and Florida still deserving? Would Alabama still get in? I mean, there's just so many set of can can of worms that would are, are now developed because of you only have four teams in and we have just this flawed criteria of what we look for, the eye test. I, I, I hate that, the eye test. If you're playing well and, you, and you're and you and deserving to play, you should be in. Not just because, ah, uh, you look like a championship team even though you're undefeated or you won your title. You don't look like a playoff team, so I'm not going to put you in. That is just stupid. It really is. Eye test. I hate that word. Now let's take what happens here with Clemson, for example. Let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson again. Clemson, to me, with two losses to Notre Dame, who's been in the top four all year, should not be in the Final Four. That should open up the door for, let's say, the SEC loser, maybe, like an A&M or a Florida, who are right there in the thick of things. 
I like A&M a little bit better than Florida, if you ask me, but you see the point there. So there's just so many things that are just flawed right now in college football, and it goes beyond dealing with the virus this year. To bring it back to the Big Ten, the Big Ten has set themselves up for failure once again by their incredibly stupid decision-making, by allowing themselves no room for error with no bye weeks, and then no way to pull back from the precedents they've set to qualify teams for its conference title game. It's, it really is just laughable. And we'll get Steve's opinion coming up here. We're still having some connection troubles, as I'm sure you can tell. So hopefully we'll get that fixed on the other side here. We want to hear from you today on this. The Steelers, we're going to have Neil Kulong joining us today at 406 on the Steelers' first loss. Rob Monty from AP and 97.5 The Fanatics is going to join us at 435 today to talk about the Eagles change of quarterback with Jalen Hurts officially taking over day one today for at least this week. We'll see what happens beyond that. We'll get his thoughts on that. I believe he was on Doug P's Zoom call today, so we'll get some fresh perspectives on that. So we want to hear from you on all these different things. College football, this Ohio State thing in terms of the six-game rule, Penn State, you name it, all on the table today. 1-800-795-9565. We'll return after this on the Steve Jones Show, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. This year, don't just cope with winter, command it. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. You want to see you in a Kia. This holiday season, Sunbury Motors Kia has the deals on the new lineup of cars and SUVs built to help you take on a winner during Kia's holiday sales event. Sunbury Motors Kia has the 2021 Kia Sportage with rebates and discounts up to $45.58 off. And there's 29 in stock. There's 13 of the 2021 Kia Forte available. The Forte gets 41 MPG and starts at $18,497. Plus, SMC has the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano arriving weekly. 14 or do this month and next. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Restrictions apply. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details or go to Kia.com. I mean, it sounded... It sounded like it was... It was exploding. Okay. All right. Welcome. We got rid of all the ugly noises here. <laughs> uh, Dick is with us. Uh, for, I mean, you should have heard the noise on this end. It was like, holy <laughs> mackerel. I never, in all the years that we've done this, Matt, and Dick's here too. I yeah. never heard this unit make that noise before. <laughs> so I just Billy unplugged everything. I unplugged everything and said, "Let's start <laughs> over." <laughs> hey, Dick, how are you, man? Great to hear you. 
I'm good, Steve. I, I listened to your interview yesterday with Chris Wheeler. I really like Chris Wheeler's voice. He has a really nice yeah, delivery. I always, yeah. I always enjoy listening to him, even even though it was just the Phillies. But irrespective of that, <laughs> I thought the interview about Dick Allen was there. But I had this point about Dick Allen, and you see, see how accurate I am. Years ago, and I'm not sure who owned the Phillies back then, I think the guy, whoever the owner was, gave him a bonus for hitting ex, so many extra home runs. And he might be one of the first baseball players they actually gave a bonus to for doing – Doing extra, what he got was got paid to do. He was actually got paid to hit and hit home runs, and they gave him a wow. bonus. And it, to me, it always it always opened up a Pandora's box about giving guys the bonuses for doing extra innings pitched or you know uh, batting average and stuff like that. He might to me he was I think he might have been the first guy to ever get a bonus for getting wow. paid, paid extra for doing something he was actually paid to do in the first place. Wow, I that's didn't know that. That's really interesting. I'm gonna have to ask Wheels about that. That's a really it, interesting point. So, so when, so when did he play? What was the years he actually played? Uh, sixty-four to what? I'd say what seventy-five, seventy-six. That sound right? Right. So, so I, I don't so remember the year. Just ask ask Chris about that. Yeah, I, will. I guess it wasn't common to pay guys extra for doing what they were actually getting paid to do back then. Yeah, he. I know he was the '64 National League Rookie of the Year, so we know that right. that's the starting point. He was the '72 MVP with the White Sox, and I think he played yeah, but, to maybe maybe he played to like '77, '78, something like that. Maybe a dozen years, maybe thirteen I did, years. I do remember it was the Phillies. The Phillies owner paid him extra Phillies for did. hitting, and I, wow. and I and it always struck me as odd that they would pay a guy a bonus for actually getting doing something he was getting paid to do in the first place. Yeah, and since then, it's, com- it's common practice to do that with guys. Right. They put they put it in the contracts. You know, if you do this, if you do this, you will right. we'll pay you more money in innings pitched, or oh. you know, oh, oh it, it's common contracts in a lot of ways. Let me give you one about Joe. Okay, yeah, they were they were going to put a clause in his contract. You know, because they were trying to you're trying to get to a number. You know what I mean? So so if, if you don't get to the number, I get to pay you less. There's a couple of ways of looking at. it. And with Joe, they wanted to put in a clause in his contract about graduation rate. If it gets to this level, you'll get a bonus and the whole thing. And he says, I don't want that. He says, I thought that was my job. So it depends on what you know. but Well, I, think I guess my point we, being is, can you imagine yeah. all the guys that played back at the time before him, you know, the Marises, <laughs> the Mantles, you know, the all those guys that they would have been given a bonus for doing extra for what they were already paid to do. And it just strikes on my mind that Dick Allen was like yeah. one of the first ball players that they actually gave a bonus yeah. to. And since then, it's just common practice. Right, exactly. I, 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 I remember so it all these years because it just struck me as odd back then. And that's what yeah. I always think about. I like him, and he was a good baseball player, but it just always struck yeah. me as odd. And I. And it's stuck in my head all these years. <laughs> yeah, no, and that that's a really interesting. I can't wait to ask Chris about that because I'm sure you're right. Uh, well, I, I might mean, not uh, be, but yeah. I don't recall a lot of guys getting bonuses yeah. for doing getting doing well, something they actually were doing every day. Anyhow, well, <laughs> well, let's let's flip it the other way around. This is when the owners had all the power. So let's go back into the 30s, 40s, maybe into the 50s. You'd hit 310. You'd get X amount of money. And these guys are always operating on one-year contracts. You go out the next year, you hit 302. Now, to you and me, you've had a really good year, right? Yeah. But because you didn't hit 310 or better, ownership wanted to give you a reduction. (laughs) So it's like that's the way it used to be. Uh, We're going to give you a $5,000 pay cut because you didn't hit 310. 
Well, That's I do cool. know this. In, in, not, not in a lot of cases, their baseball cards was worth it. now a lot, a lot worth more than they made. Put that in perspective. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is too funny. That's true. We'll, you know, that's we'll what makes it funny is, that, is there's reality in it. All right, Matt, here's the trivia question of the day. You want it? Let's go. What do Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, excuse me, what do Iowa, Northwestern, Indiana, and Ohio State have in common? We're talking football? Yep. Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern, and Iowa. What do they have in common? They all are ineligible. No. Oh, I know. They're the, right. they're the, in a 14 team conference, they're the only four teams in the Big Ten with more than two wins. All right. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. New cool along today in the next hour. Rob Motti at 435 today. He's going to um, sound like Matt. Is that, is no, that all he, we do? Rob's is all always a good, do, reasonable person. Is all we do is bring on people who just <laughs> echo how you feel about life. Is that what this is about? And then I have to sit there and ask the questions. I know the answer I'm going to get. And it's going to be okay. But Rob is a reasonable person. So he'll he'll well yes he'll bring up the issues but he'll do it in a more a calming fashion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, no, you you don't you know. Uh, this has been a day where I've received a few messages from James, so I've been going through them. Um, LSU's had a tough year, right? Yes. LSU has lost seven players to opt out and another nine to the transfer portal just this year. Sixteen players they've lost to this point. It's amazing. You know, everybody talks about, oh, you know, LSU struggled this year. Well, there's a reason why they struggled this year. It's hard to maintain like that. But again, I go back to my trivia question. Iowa, Northwestern, Indiana, Ohio State. They are the only four teams in the Big Ten that have more than two wins. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, but this is a conference-only situation. Hey, this isn't they did so lousy in the non-con. Some of them have only two wins because they've only played four games. See what I'm saying? There's more to this than that. The Big Ten is going through something today where they're discussing what they're going to do 
with the Ohio State situation based on what happened with Michigan. Now, I know you're dead set against them. Yes, I, I reiterated my displeasure in the open. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. If, um, if this were a normal circumstance, I would be the first person agreeing with you. This is not a normal circumstance. And you can't treat it like a normal circumstance. And I think the Big Ten pigeonholed itself in this situation. And that's a problem because they didn't handle it right at the beginning. And when I mean handle it right at the beginning, I'm talking about, Matt, getting out there and saying and just couching it to start saying idealistically – We'd like to see teams play six games, but we know this is a worldwide pandemic, and if we have to make adjustments, we'll deal with it at the appropriate time if need be. That's all you had to do. Now you leave yourself open to cynics such as yourself (laughs) Um, that I think... See, this is the Big Ten for some reason. And, the, the, and then let me give you another one. The college football playoff. Did you hear this one? The protocol for the conference football playoff will be what your conference protocol is. <laughs> you can't make this up. Well, yeah, but let's play let's play it out. Let's let's play a little game here. So here's the game. Let's just say it's the four teams that right now are one through four in the rankings. So nothing so nothing changes. Now, it it could very well change obviously. But say nothing changes. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. All right? In the ACC, you test three times a week. Okay. I believe the SEC, you test three times a week. That's correct. We all know in the Big Ten, you test daily. And by the way, did you see the Penn State numbers today? Yes, I did. I just put it out there. 1,269 four positives. All right. A lot of credit to them for continuing to keep it at, at, at that level. The Big Ten tests daily. The others don't. Now let's take it the next step. Let's take this to Sunday or even Saturday. Let's take it to Saturday, December 12th. An Ohio State player tests positive. Let's just say that happens on Saturday, December 12th, because this is daily testing. And a Clemson player tests positive on Saturday, December 12th. And in each case, the PCR test confirms the positive test. So let's take it even further. Say it's Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence for the sake. Let's take the two-star quarterbacks. And Clemson's going to play Ohio State. Because Trevor Lawrence is in the ACC... He would be eligible to play again on December 26th. 
which means he could play in the game on January 1st. Because Justin Fields is in the Big Ten with a 21-day protocol, he would be ineligible to play in the game. Yeah, totally ludicrous. I'm I'm just telling you, these are what the rules are for the college football playoffs. So whatever your rule is for your conference is what you have to abide by. And I'm just explaining that, I mean, is it a far-fetched scenario? I don't know if it is or not. Who knows? Playing the game is not the most important thing in the world, but, I mean, I think we'd all like to see it played. But that is what they ruled. And is the Big Ten right with the 21-day thing? I'm not an epidemiologist, I, and I don't play one on the radio. I'm not like the guy in the corner office. <laughs> yeah, he's no epidemiologist either. But he plays one on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is that's the spot that they're in right now, Matt. And I go back to what I talked about earlier. You have 10 schools in the Big Ten that have two wins or fewer. It is a remarkable statistic. And that's, they find themselves in this spot because I'm not a person who was in the room, I'm not a person that has all the evidence. They have much more information than I do. Also, two of the presidents are epidemiologists. Now, they're not practicing epidemiologists. They're university presidents. All right? So let's remember that. They're not, they're, it's an area of expertise, but they're not practicing it on every day. If they were, they'd be practicing it on an everyday basis and wouldn't be running university budgets. Right? Let's be fair. The at the beginning when they announced a conference only schedule. So let's go back to what we have talked about on the show. We'll use paraphrasing, but pretty close to the quotes on the show over the past few months. Was it discussed on this show that it was better to play earlier than later? Yes. And this is back. We're talking about this is back in the summertime, right? Late summer, before we got, is it, was it better to play earlier than later? We said yes. Did we praise the 10 game schedule that had three bye weeks built into it? Oh, yes. Did we say that, okay, maybe starting September 5th might not be the greatest idea, but maybe September 19th? might be better, and here's the reason why, because I'd like to see somebody else play first to see if there's on-field transmission. Did we say that? That we did. Okay. So we've been saying this with the idea that, okay, you start the 19th, maybe you finish two. In other words, this would be the finishing, this would be the Big Ten Championship weekend now, where you had makeup dates built in.
where you could get as many games in as possible. You know, and you felt like you had a little bit of a cushion to deal with. Now, here's the next part. The next part is this. Remember, one of the caveats to do this was daily antigen testing. I think everyone would tell you that it has been important. Daily antigen testing, though, is not scheduled to start till September 30th. So I do understand the time frame. And if you're going to put the 21-day rule, that means you'd start October 24th, right? Because you'd give somebody who tested positive on September 30th on the first daily antigen test the ability to get back and play the opening game. I think that, I think that entered into this. But I think they pigeonhole themselves so much by not having a bye week, by starting later, uh, and I realize that daily antigen testing may not have been available in early September, so I understand all of that. But you did end up being pigeonholed. You did end up by not having a bye week, giving yourself less flexibility. You ended up by making a definitive statement on playing six games to now having to walk it back, which opens the door for criticism. Instead of couching it a bit, and, and realizing that you're in a worldwide pandemic. They haven't handled this. Uh, there's certain elements of this that they haven't handled well as a conference. You know, they told schools they couldn't play outside of the conference. All right, well, I can understand that because obviously you're talking about playing like-minded schools with like-minded protocols. All right, I can see that. Nebraska fought this every step of the way, as we know. But everything that we talked about in the summertime, that in other words, I'm not, we're not, my point is when you make statements in the moment in July and August, that means you're not second guessing when you bring it up later. That's why we brought up the previous statements. We're not sitting here second guessing. These are things we openly talked about and tried to be logical about months ago. Months ago. Doesn't mean we're right about everything, but to be honest with you on this, we've been right about a lot of things on this. And you're sitting there now with four schools out of 14 that have more than two wins in the conference. That's stunning. And it's something I don't think anybody listening to us knows. You didn't know it, did you? I no, didn't, but when you no. put it together, it makes total sense. And to be honest with you, the you know, now I guess the, the the guy in the corner office says he knew. <laughs> um, Probably. Yeah. He's also going to confession later. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, I may have told him... <laughs> Santa, I fibbed. <laughs> it's gonna cost me that million dollar deal <laughs> that I asked for. <laughs> All right. Um I wanna just touch quickly on last night's basketball game. I'm gonna do that in a moment here on News Radio ten seventy WK. Okay. All right, uh, basketball last night. And then we'll get back to football. We'll talk to Neil. When you walk out 
of an arena and you ask yourself, what was better, your offense or your defense? You've had a heck of a night. Remember, Penn State won by 20. That's only because in the last three minutes, Virginia Tech closed it to 20. They blew that team out. That was the 15th ranked team in the country. Beat Villanova, as I mentioned. Blew them out. I decided not to watch the Villanova tape. The reason I decided not to is I knew Villanova was playing their third game three days. I knew they missed front ends of free throws and kind of, in a sense, lost the game. Virginia Tech had played VMI in their last game. I said, I want to watch that game. The reason I wanted to watch that is they really struggled in the game, and I wanted to see why, because they should have been athletically superior to to VMI. So were they lackluster? Was it style? I finally turned it off. And I said to Dick before the game, I said, I said, I looked at Penn State, I said, that's the better team than this team. I said, I don't see it. I said, I, I think this is the bad matchup for them. I'm talking about Virginia Tech. I even said to him before the game, I said, they could blow them out. And last night, this is what they did. Let's start offensively. Penn State, the ball movement was exemplary last night. I would love to know, and I don't keep track of this. I keep track of a lot of things, but not but not this. I'd love to know how many hockey assists there were last night. You know, the pass that leads to the pass that leads to the shot. The ball movement was crisp, nonstop. It created open shots. It created pick and rolls. It created lanes for layups. And it was nonstop. Yeah, they hit. They certainly hit outside shots, no getting around it. And Brockington was at a huge night, a career night. But then the defensive side, they played that 1-2-2 last night. And even though they didn't get a boatload of steals off of it last night, they had six steals total in the game. More often than not, Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech, they didn't come close. To, they, they, they didn't, there wasn't a call where I looked around and said, hey, that's a 10-second violation. No, 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 no. They were able to, quote, beat the clock, but a lot of times they barely beat the clock. They were starting their offense with 15 to shoot. I'd say two-thirds of the time. That means now you're buttonholed on what you're doing offensively because you've lost critical time, and the 1-2-2 caused them to do that. And Penn State, quick, out-hustled them, beat them to the ball. These were things that we saw for probably two-thirds of the Seton Hall game on Sunday night. What happened was instead of seeing it two-thirds of the time like you did with Seton Hall, you saw it all the way for all 40 minutes last night. It really was a great performance. It's a good night for the uh, Big Ten as well. They won. They only lost one game last night to Miami, 58-54. Purdue lost to Miami. That is... Uh, That's how they played. The ball movement, okay, they got Virginia Tech defensively moving side to side. And when you do that, 
you have something really cooking. It creates a lot of open opportunities. And then defensively, the pressure was spot on. Wheeler was had a great defensive game last night. He drove them crazy. I mean, Virginia Tech ran a set deliberately to open the half, trying to get a third foul on him. That's how much they respected him. Penn State led by 19 at halftime last night, and so Dick and I said the first five minutes will tell us something. In other words, was Virginia Tech going to close the gap, get a little juice out of that locker room? Nope. First five minutes, the lead went from 19 to 27. The only question I had in the second half was... Where were we going to stop to get gas to make the trip back? That's a good problem to have. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com.